You're listening to the Geek and Glitter podcast where we talk all things geeky, from fashion to lifestyle. Knives Out gets greenlit for a sequel. We have a new collection from Rockleaf Jewelry and Elhoffer Design. And Jupiter Jet Valley 2 is ready to blast off. Ashley B. Robinson guest hosts on this episode. Stay tuned. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to episode 23. I'm sitting with my friend Ashley B. Robinson, who finally finally made it on the show because she's a busy lady <laughs> and she's got some exciting news to share which we will save so you guys can uh kind of hear us hang out but hi how are you so good how are you i'm doing great thank you for being here i know you are are we allowed to say that you've been in rehearsal yes we are allowed to say that if you're in los angeles come and see the wallace studio ensembles production of lucid at the hudson theater which opens february 20th I take my clothes off on stage, so maybe that Ooh. will entice you <laughs> during a panic dream. It's not that sexy. <laughs> wow. That sounds like it's like, oh, what's leaves you maybe some like feel, feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Suppo- Lucid is, deals with the idea of a play constructed to reflect a dream. And I'm playing a lawyer, and my character has a line that says, uh, have anxiety dreams about court because I have a lot of anxiety dreams. And so we wanted a physical piece uh, for her emotional arc. And I was like, what if I just took my clothes off? Oh, it was your suggestion? Yeah, it was. Nice. It's something I wanted to do because it makes me very uncomfortable. And I think that's where you can really uh, bloom and grow. So mm-hmm. it's also just funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my clothes off yep. on stage. In truly the, the least sexy way possible. <laughs> but it's so daring because I think maybe younger Wendy would have been like, yeah, balls out, no problem. But I think Wendy today would be like, uh, I don't know. I think it depends on the story. I think the story so. you want to tell. I've seen a lot of nudity on stage. I'm going to be <laughs> honest, um, and it's very shocking because none of that is doubled or corrected. You know, mm, mm-hmm. when you see it in a movie, like there's that famous scene in Troy where we all know that Brad Pitt had a butt double, and like yeah. I don't get that. So yeah. it's it is yeah. what it is, and I'll be drinking no water in the two days leading up to it because that's what Hugh Jackman does before he takes his shirt off. And he looks not say we're endor- endorsing dehydrating. No, yourself, absolutely but not. <laughs> however, for he the look, he looks he great. He does look great. He does look. I've done that before. Yeah, does not it work? for two days. No, but I'll probably only eat like plants the day of. Yeah, I, I limited I limited myself and then like immediately hydrated as soon as it was over. Mm-hmm. Like as I was walking out, it was for an audition, as, and I was walking out and putting like my jacket. Oh, back I've done on, that I was before. Like, yeah, chugging my water, which is not to uh, we're not endorsing any type of Don't bodies or any type that. of lifestyle. It's just where we are right now. We do not endorse it. It's just what our personal choice is. Yes, uh, I say don't you're, do it. You're responsible actors. <laughs> we're, we're terrible people and don't do it. Um, so for the listeners who may not be as familiar with who you are, can you tell them a little bit more about what you do besides being in theater and being an actor? Yeah, so I am a actor, host, writer, all of those also rands that most people who come to LA to make a living uh, become. I met Wendy at Collider, it feels like truly so long ago. It really does. So many regimes How ago. How did it even... Because I think I met your husband, Jason, first. Jason was on the Arrow show. Mm -hmm. We both submitted. um, I submitted to be on the Supergirl show. I did not get called back. Jason got offered the job without testing or auditioning. I think he volunteered to, but he... Really? The first email was like, we want, because he was hosting DCL Access at the time. Oh, maybe So that's he kind of came okay. with uh, some cred <laughs> compared to some other people who have gone on to be very successful yeah. since then. Um, but I think he kind of came with the most nerd cred. Um, and then I met you, the first time I came to Collider was for the Collider Christmas party that year. With him? 
Yes. Oh. And you had the dogs. And I was like, please let me touch your dogs. And you were like, truly, they would love nothing more. Yeah, and I was like, please come into the office. Yep. And then I hung around enough that eventually I bullied John Schnepp into uh, putting <laughs> me on Heroes and did that for a while. And did various things at Collider and build on the Schmodown really quick. And oh, yeah. yeah, I did that twice and oh never gosh, came back. No offense to anyone right. who loves doing it. And most people probably know me from Heroes or from our podcast, Geek History Lesson, Mm -hmm. or people will still come up to me and they'll look at me and they'll go, why do I know your face? And I'm like, I truly couldn't tell you. Uh, And it's because I did, a couple years ago, I did an Intel commercial with Jim Parsons where I played a gamer. Oh, wow. And so people will be like, oh, you were like computer girl and that. And I was like, yeah, that was me. You nailed it. (laughs) And I just, um, in a couple weeks, an episode I did of Pump, which is Ray J's new show, is coming out. So hopefully people will know me from that as well. Yes, I play a... Girl who does coke at a party and runs across a mansion. It was really fun. Uh, wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah. My mother's never been so proud. <laughs> You're like, Mom, look at me. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be so fun, like, just sitting here and, and chit-chat with you because I remember sending you the show notes trying to be, like, half professional and be like, yeah, who am I kidding? Like, because we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's, but, you know, to have a little bit of structure. And I love you. Yeah, you when know, you came to our, did you come to our wedding? I did. Yeah, that's I what did. I thought. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was so much fun. We, uh, I like that it was like laid back. Yes. Well, we had our ceremony and then we were like, just come to the party. <laughs> and all we did was kind of hang out. So, yeah. yeah, we go way back. We go, oh my God, I've been this to like the wedding. This is like the longest time we've had to catch up in probably years. Yeah, because <laughs> we're both really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like sometimes just timing didn't match up. Often, yes. Most often. So, usually I see you if you're coming into Collider for the most recently, maybe the Game of Thrones podcast. RIP, yeah. Yeah. Love the throne. I know. What well, the- you you know, when they didn't greenlight that show, we kind of ran out of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Our last few episodes, Dennis and I were like, I don't know, man. You want to talk about, like, uh, Dark Crystal? Deet's oh, pretty great. Yeah. Played by uh, Emmanuel. So. But then it was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. All right, you know what? GOT. It's okay if they don't do anymore. Yeah. I don't believe in prequels, so. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't. As a rule, I don't. I've seen great prequels, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Crystal being a really obvious yeah. one. And I'm really excited about the Lord of the Rings Amazon series. But generally, like, once you've saved the world, you know, tell me about the time before you saved the world. Like, the stakes are a little tougher. Again. Yeah. And, like, The Hobbit's great when you read it before you've read Lord of the Rings. But then it's like, okay, well, I know Frodo's going to get to it eventually. So, (laughs) cool, Martin Freeman. Cool, cool, cool. Like, it's in the family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The legacy's laid out. Ah, amazing. So um, for today's show, we are going to jump into our fashion and geek lifestyle segment first. And we have some collections to talk about. So Rock Love Jewelry and Al Harvard Design have been just dropping releases They're left and the right. Best. They are the best. They take all of my money. Mm-hmm. Um, Rock Love came out with the most recent princess Disney Princess uh, collection inspired by the Princess and the Frog collection. Princess and the Frog, first off, does not get enough love. No, it's underrated. So what good. the heck? Prince Naveen is so hot. Yes. And uh, the gentleman who plays the alligator in that is in Aging and the Queen and is great. He's oh. super great. <laughs> it's like I remember seeing her tease it on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. her being Allison Semino, who is the CEO of Rock Love, Immediately, I was she t- she tweeted like a little like Lotus like I was like if it's not Princess and the Frog I'm gonna scream <laughs> and I'm so happy out of all the Disney princesses she chose this mm-hmm. to kind of you know just because we don't I don't feel like there's enough grown up 
Tiana merch. I agree. At all. El Hoffer had a, a Tiana-inspired dress. dress. Yes, and it's <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. it's stunning. I think that one, I mean, like, all her stuff went pretty quickly. But this collection ranges from rings to necklaces to earrings. And I love that it wasn't just, like, a one-tone you know, like, oh, everything is going to be, like, water lily or mm-hmm. frog shape. Mm-hmm. And she's got, like, this gorgeous water lily ring that looks like an elven princess should wear. It does. When I, I first saw it on your Instagram, on the official Geek and Glitter mm-hmm. Instagram, um, and I truly plug, plug. thought it was uh, Nenya from Lord of the Rings with Galadriel's right? ring. That's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, cool, Lord of the Rings, da, da, da. And then I scrolled, and there's a really cute ring that's uh, the frog. And I was like, oh, that, okay, great. Mm-hmm. It's, have you tried any of her jewelry before? I just ordered the Baby Yoda pendant oh, that God. came out. Wait till so you get it. It's I can't wait. Perfect. And I will say this about her stuff, and it's just not, I'm not saying this because we're like we're friends. Mm-hmm. Her stuff, the very first time I put on, a, it was the Ahsoka Tano ring. And it's, and it's quite large. I've seen large. you with that before. Oh, I wear it all the time. <laughs> and it's quite large, and I was worried that it was going to be too heavy or not balanced mm-hmm. and make your finger hurt. It's not going to be comfortable. It's so comfortable that I forget that I'm wearing it. Mm-hmm. And then I go and wash my hands and I'm like, oh, right. Also, you could kill someone with it, which is fun. <laughs> we live I'm in Los no Angeles. Jedi. There's Boom. real concerns. <laughs> yeah, I don't walk alone at night at all. Nope. Um, so this collection just kind of blew me out of the water. I Especially like you, I love the water lily uh the ring, mm-hmm. and I love the little beignets. Oh she my god, the they were so cute, so cute, and so iconic. Not only to the movie, but beignets, I think, are so iconic to Disneyland. Yeah, that I kind of liked it for a meta reason as well. They were so well designed. I can't yeah. even imagine, like, w- like you know, just what she was thinking. She was like, "Oh, beignets, like the perfect." I told her, I was like, "These <laughs> yeah. look like perfect little pillows." It's amazing. And then um, uh, for Rock Love, she also released a Star Trek collection and we have Picard that's out Heck right yeah. now and I thought of you immediately because there is this mind meld necklace mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it oh I did when I saw <laughs> it I was like Jason get Ashley this for Christmas I want it so bad uh, I'm a huge Star Trek fan and I don't wear a ton of rings so necklaces are like right up my alley and I saw that and I was like oh I'm just gonna smash the buy button <laughs> and we're in this nice Trek renaissance so we're getting there was Trek merch before. It's not like Avatar The Last Airbender where we're finally getting merch, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as nice or as refined. And you said this really well earlier. It's so nice to have geek stuff that feels adult. Yes. Because, uh, look, all of us own a child's T-shirt from yep. the little boy section at Old Navy, and that's fine. But it is nice to wear something that you're like, oh, I could wear this to an office, or I could wear this into a general or a meeting or whatever, and it won't seem weird. But if someone gets it, then they're extra cool. Exactly. And I feel like um, especially the Trek collection is really that. I really, really – and I'm not as into Star Trek. I just for some reason couldn't get into it. But I'm going to try with Picard. I'm just so worried that I have to – kind of study and go all the way back there's so much star mm-hmm. trek stuff mm-hmm. so for somebody who has not been as familiar with star trek do you where would you where's like a good starting point before jumping to picard if people want to jump right into picard i would say make sure that you've watched the 2009 movie because i think that it sets oh, okay. up the rules of the world really well like what is starfleet what are vulcans what are romulans i think it gives you all the basic primer that you know like if i was going to recommend one doctor who episode it's always matt smith's first episode yes. because it lays out so well like this is the premise of the show and then if you were interested in picard 
specifically, there's a lot of really great lists. Actually, um, on Geek History Lesson, we have our top five TNG episodes. And if you go and check those out, we give various reasons why they're the best. So, But you can find them lots of other places besides my podcast, if you don't like me. Um, and if you check out the greatest hits, then if those appeal to you, you can always go back and watch more. But mm-hmm. they usually will give you the most important things. All you really need to know to enjoy Picard is that he used to be the captain of a ship. Data used to be on the ship. Data died. There you go. That's you can so watch Picard. Easy. Yeah, that's like it takes the pressure off because you mm-hmm. know for somebody who wants to get into it, be like, oh, now I have to study and I have to know this and I have to know all this character. Yeah. And if you look at just Star Trek, it's it's huge. It's eight hundred episodes. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot, and it's it's really so daunting. It's and it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, really? Yo, yeah. There's lots of Star Trek that's very bad, oh, no. and there's lots of TNG <laughs> that's very bad. I feel like my dad showed me some of the bad ones that he somewhat enjoyed, and it kind of did. Made Riker me go have a mad. beard. Okay, because, like, the first three seasons, Riker grows his beard in season three, and that's when uh-huh. he really looks like Jason. Ah! <laughs> uh, so there's, like, a rule that before Riker's beard, it's kind of a mixed bag. Okay, okay. And then seasons, like, four, five, and six are really good, and then the final season seven is, like, kind of a mixed bag as well. But with, with Trek, especially because in the 90s, they were doing, like, 32-episode seasons, so there's mm-hmm. just, like, there's a lot of bad. Yeah, there's a lot. And that can be a bummer, and I think when you're making, whether you're making a new television show or you're making... Um, a, a lifestyle line that's incorporating uh, that kind of brand, I think you should try to make it as user-friendly as possible because you shouldn't have to engage with all the media all the time. And, like, you and I just don't have the time to. No. So I think Picard is pretty accessible as long as you know that they all used to be on a uh, – I was going to say a plane together. <laughs> they all used to be on a ship together. That I do know. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know the the baseline of Star Trek. You so. could probably watch it and be okay. just fine. Nice. Excellent. Well, speaking of Star Trek, um, uh, one of our favorite designers, Aha for Design. Love her. I found her through Yay. Wendy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's released an interstellar apparel collection, and the newest stuff, she has the interstellar cropped uh, vintage sweaters, and she has it in turquoise, in red, and in gold, or should I say crimson and gold, and then she released these amazing uh, dresses, amazing. kind of in the same vein. And I love these dresses because they are... They're, they don't scream Star Trek. But if you know. But if you know, mm-hmm. then bonus points to you, kind of like you said <laughs> yeah. earlier. And I think it's perfect for, like, you know, a party, a night out, because it's not screaming. What I don't like about some of, like, the geek fashion today, mm-hmm. and I think this is ma- ma- very much like a licensing thing. It's not sure. really a design thing. It's, you know, licenses are like, well, you have to, or we mm-hmm. require you to put XYZ mm-hmm. on a T-shirt. But it's like, you know... I don't want all of my graphic tees to say, we're not tees, but all my geek merch to say Star Trek across the chest. Or be just, there's this trend with like a white t-shirt to just put a a square image on it. Like you just copied it out of Photoshop. And I'm like, that's not interesting to look at. It's like that screen printed. So it's thick. Mm -hmm. And then once you like wash it and dry it too many times, it crinkles. Or you sit down the wrong way. (laughs) Or like you like, because it doesn't breathe. So you just sweat in that square. Yep. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just... I hate the aesthetic of it. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. I have to really love either the company or something about that piece mm-hmm. for me to put money on it. But with Al Hoffer, she's so careful with the subtlety and the nod to mm-hmm. it. And she understands that, like, 
not everybody wants to wear a logo or a square graphic. And you wear a lot of her tee. stuff I do. to like events and carpets and stuff yeah. like that out in the world. Out in the <laughs> world. And it's always, um, you know, people kind of look at you for a second. Yeah. And then they and you see them connect with it mm-hmm. and they go, oh, I get it. Or my, I think my favorite is when I wear any of my Ahoffer stuff to, we'll say Disneyland because it's super crowded sure. always. And have girls or guys come up and say, I love your Ahoffer. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. It always makes me really, really happy to hear. When I went to see the oh, Endgame, mm-hmm. yes, I did a screening at Disney, there was a lady with the Captain Marvel capelet. And I was like, oh, um, cool Ahoffer design piece. And she's like, yes. <laughs> yes. And you immediately become kin when you recognize it. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like this like I, this lovely little uh, geek fashion community that we all mm-hmm. you know have built around this. So I just wanted to shout out these fellow uh, geek fashion designers nerds 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 in the best way and also uh she puts pockets in everything which i i like really appreciate i always said if i started a clothing line i wanted to call it thanks it has pockets <laughs> <laughs> because it's the first thing anybody tells you but i am not about to do that so if someone else can take that idea you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> like that could be on their business card yep thanks we have pockets you're welcome i also want to i think we should do away with the idea i think we need a new sizing scale like i i don't like the oh, i don't like the yes. idea of plus sizing and like small medium large and then it's just like extra 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 and it's also never accurate like what never literally never small what does that mean yeah put the number on it put a measurement Mm -hmm. like in inches or in centimeters it should truly just be in inches be like here's the bust here's the waist because even you're like oh well i'm a whatever i'm a four and then it's like well sometimes sometimes store four four is actually a two sometimes sometimes your pants are a 12 and you're like i don't know in what universe i'm a 12 but i need dress pants so here we are (laughs) i have in my closet because because i'm like little i'm five one and Mm -hmm. you too you're small so people ought to automatically assume oh small extra small right yeah and it's kind of like no I have plenty of shirts in my closet that are large that fit like a medium yes or maybe I want my shirt to be large Mm -hmm. I actually had a text message um conversation with Katie Hoffer the other day because I was looking at something on her site and I said well she knows she's seen me wear her stuff she knows my sizing and she's a designer so she gets like women body Mm -hmm. and I said I really want this but do I get an extra small and she said I know you and I don't know because this this one is fitted it's more fitted than Uh you like so I don't want to guide you and she was very candid about like you know I know what you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. here's my thought and she kind of left me open so I think I'm just gonna wait and when it's available go one size up Oh, smart. Because I don't, I don't want to feel constricted in my clothes, and you know, I don't, I don't want to buy something that's kind of like, oh, whoopsie. And that's the pre-order <laughs> game too. Is you're like, oh, I don't want to lead you astray in how much yeah. you should make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I appreciate that, but and I also have pants that are, you know, go from one, and I have pants that are six. Yeah, I have. I truly like. I truly had dress pants at one point in my life that were a twelve, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> you know, it's like when you fill out a size sheet when you're going into audition for something, and they're like, what's your pants size? You're like fucking who knows sorry to swear I put my I waist down no you can it's fine uh yeah they're like wait you know and or they say waist and if it's a man I'm like do you mean my actual waist or do you mean my hips <laughs> especially if, if you're like you're probably a straight man I'm like which one do you actually want because you're gonna say waist. waist number and then hips number yeah <laughs> just in just in case mm-hmm. they they need it and if somebody out there is kind of like well she's so extra look at her putting all these extra oh numbers. I'm sure you know what it's better too much than not enough I agree 
All right, let's move on to our main topic, which we just have one topic today. But Lionsgate confirmed that Knives Out is going to be getting a sequel, and this was greenlit by Lionsgate CEO John, whose last name I cannot pronounce. Feltheimer, let's say, maybe? Feltheimer sounds great. John Feltheimer, who said that the production on the film is imminent. 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 So how, how you've seen Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I did. It's I like the coolest Miss Marvel movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I think the... Um, I'm saying this as a Caucasian person, but I think the billboard was very funny because they were like, we have uh, Lakeith, we have one whole person of color. I know the maid is also, I know she's Latinx, but uh, the advertising around it, I found very, very funny. And I, and I also understand that they're families, they have the same yes. ethnicity, but yeah. just that one billboard that's like right down by the sag after building yeah, yeah. always made me laugh when I saw it. <laughs> You're like, ah. Yeah, cool, great. <laughs> But I kind of love that they are getting a sequel. But what I'm kind of hoping, and this is all theory, I haven't heard anything because this is so new. I hope that the only person or the people that they bring back is Daniel Craig's detective Mm -hmm. character and Lakeith and his cop buddy. Which would make sense. Um, And there he's investigating a whole other kind of a thing. I think the story with this family Mm -hmm. has been done. I agree. And maybe they can make a cameo. I would love nothing more for Michael Shannon's just like Hello! <laughs> or like Tori uh or what's her Tony name? Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Give her to, to... an Oscar, you yeah. cowards. Oh my gosh, she's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved her character in this because she was all like trying to be like the cool millennial. She's so funny to me because she's like her type is sad mom and has been sad mom since the nineties, since yeah, like yeah. the sixth sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like she's always just kind of like crying and that just nodding. took me back. Yeah, even in Hereditary, she's mm-hmm. all she's a mess. I mean, she's great, but she's like... A mess. Emotionally, she's a mess. Setting people on fire. But this Uh. one, she's just like... Well, I saw this on Twitter and I and I was like, oh, a mess in a different way. <laughs> yeah, in in the best way possible. What do you kind of want to see in this nice um, sequel? It's funny about this statement because there's only one thing about it that worries me, and it's this word imminent. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been people aren't super into like film podcasts and coverage. I'm gonna get real deep on you. The DGA, which is the Directors Guild, and the PGA, which is the Producers Guild, and the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, they all have podcasts and they all have different series where different creators come in and speak about it. And the more I've listened to them talk about Knives Out, Knives Out came together very quickly. Um, and under a lot of duress, and it seems like Daniel Craig may have signed on before the script was written. Oh, my god! Seems like the script might have been written in, like, mm, six weeks. And obviously it worked out. The movie's great. Yeah, Uh, The movie's very celebrated. But to me, I'm like, that's not a way to make a film, guys. Oopsie. And so when I see see here the word imminent, I'm like, you going to do that again? Okay. Now, I don't know what Daniel Craig's life is looking like in a post-Bond world. Yeah. Is um, this his last one, this upcoming? This is finally his last one. But they, they keep saying that. Well, this is his, well, but he was in a five-picture deal, and this is the fifth one. Uh, so this is the one where. So unless he wants to negotiate again. Uh-huh. Um, and his original contract was with MGM. MGM went bust after Quantum of Solace, which is why it took so long to get to Skyfall mm-hmm. because it had to be bought. And then James, this one's actually being produced by Universal because they bought the James Bond license, ah. uh, which is wild. But I would assume that he's not coming back for more Bond, but he's still going to be doing a lot of No Time to Die press because that doesn't come out until April. Mm-hmm. They've already started on not none of the junket stuff, but he's already like revving up because it's premiering overseas before it is in the states. Makes um, sense. So if if production is imminent. I would say that probably means in the next quarter, so they're shooting by summer. So you think they started the writing already? Do I, I hope so. Because <laughs> Ryan Johnson did the script. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I really, really liked it. And I think for a murder mystery type of a, you know, assuming that they're going to follow the same direction or the same One assumes, concept, yeah. um, it takes, I feel like it takes a lot of planning. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't just sit down and crank out a full-on murder mystery. You got to backward engineer it a little bit. Yeah, you have to kind of know where you want to start. So it's like... The funniest take on it that I hear, and, and I said this to you, is that it's, it's a cool Miss Marple or it's a cool Poirot mystery. Mm-hmm. And if... They're going to make a sequel and maybe an entire series of it. It would be funny if it became kind of like, ooh, Daniel Craig is like sexy Miss Marple for the yeah, ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite things ever. I love a good mystery. So I would say I'm definitely soft excited for this. Me too. Um, cautiously. Cautiously optimistic. But it's like, you know, we know so little about it. So when we know more, I'm sure we'll be more or less optimistic accordingly. Maybe I'll just have to come back on when the second one comes out, uh, and I we'll talk we about put it. Put a pin in that. We'll put it in the right planner now, on the release year date. 2022. Pro- I mean, that w- that seems like a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah we'll put a pin in it. <laughs> Geek and glitter going strong until 2022. Hell yeah, it is. That's not that far away. It'll it'll keep going. It's not. What is time? <laughs> Who is she? I don't know. It's a, we don't know her. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, you guys, um, if you have thoughts on any of um, the topics we've discussed so far, whether it's Nice House sequel uh, or you want to share your love and stories about any of the Rock Love Jewelry pieces or a Harvard Design pieces, let us know. You can send us an email at geekandglitter at gmail.com or you can follow us uh, on Twitter or Instagram, which is just at geekandglitter and kind of, you know, sound off there and let us know. So the reason I wanted to have Ashley on is because she had, uh, not only because she's a good friend and very interesting 7. to talk 5 to. 7.5 out of 10. That's <laughs> the Wallace Wells rating for Scott Pilgrim. But she has some very, very exciting news. Yeah. Um, do you, okay, I'm trying to think of like the best way. I had a whole pun in my head, but I didn't write it down and now it's gone. You're going to have to text me later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. When I, when I get it back, like, this is what I actually wanted to say. But you and uh, your husband, Jason, have been working on Jupiter Jet. Yes. For, it's been uh, over a year. We've been working on, like, well, since its inception, like, yeah. like, since 2016, the the first volume came out in 2017, the trade came out in 2018, in 2019, Science, our second graphic novel came out, so now we're uh, doubling back and doing Jupiter Jet Volume 2, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, Yay! Uh, because we wanted to do it before people stopped asking for more. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. those needs. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, a lot of people, number one thing people asked us about was, are you going to do more? And mm-hmm. people don't always know how much time it takes to make something or how much money it takes to make something. And so we kind of use that as an excuse to put it off and do other things. But now we really want to come back and tell more of Jackie's story. And so we're doing that through the power of Kickstarter. Yay! Which is how the first one... It is. Uh, Jupiter Jet was a Kickstarter project. It was our first shared Kickstarter project. We did an Indiegogo before that, which is flexible funding. Mm -hmm. And we pay our artists, our colorists, our letterer, and our cover artists all a living wage. And so that's very expansive. Yes, it is. But good on you for doing that because I think too many artists go Mm -hmm. uh, underpaid or unpaid. Yeah, well, we go unpaid. Uh, So the only money that we make off of, we don't take a page rate. The only money we make off Jupiter Jet is what we make um, either in royalties or if we're standing behind a table at a convention. And let me tell you, folks, it ain't what we pay our artists. <laughs> so that's the big reason that we want to do this. And with indie comics, your publisher is, is really just that. They publish the book, they get it in stores, and they give you, you know, it's like a podcast platform, yeah. podcast network. They give you that platform. They sell some ads based on your back. And sometimes you see a little bit of cash, but it's really important to us. 
uh, to do this as above board and as professionally as possible. So that's why we use Kickstarter. And also, Jupiter Jet has become this family effort, not only with all of our friends, because Wendy donated to Jupiter Jet Volume 1. I have the stickers. She's always been such a great supporter. When I said, please let me on your podcast, she said, no problem. We'll yep. work it out. You got rehearsal. We'll do it late. It'll be okay. Not a problem. Yeah. We'll do it. And that extends not only to the people that I'm sitting in this room with, but everyone who backed it. And Kickstarter is such a great economy for that. And we found such a good home there. So we try to make our Kickstarter as cool as possible. And I hope it's working so far. Yeah. <laughs> it's really exciting because, you know, when I saw the first one and just naturally I wanted to support my friend. Mm -hmm. And then when I got, you know, the digital stuff and then I got the stickers, I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is... Real? It's it's so... Because it was tangible. Then it was yes. then, it, then it became tangible because, you know, when you first back, you have to wait, obviously, mm -hmm. for the product to come out. And when it did, and I remember actually seeing it and reading the pages, I was like, oh my gosh, they... Like, they... I was so proud. <laughs> As a friend, like, proud mama in the corner. I was like, you're doing great. I think part of that, too, is the L.A. thing. Like, we know so many people who are like, I'm writing a screenplay. I'm writing a novel. Yeah, this thing that I am in is into. And all of those things might be true. But when you actually pony up and make anything, mm -hmm. whether it's under your own steam or because someone else is paying you because you're using a crowdfunding platform, it you kind of level up in this weird way. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, like, enter a new – this is going to make it sound too classist, but, like, you kind of enter a different level yeah. um, than before. You're not just people who talk about – uh, doing the thing you have done the thing so thank you that's very Yay. kind <laughs> um, I, I really really love it and for our listeners um, who may not be as how familiar dare with, you how dare you go look for <laughs> with right our now. independent comic <laughs> book <laughs> uh, for the people who aren't uh, as familiar with Jupiter Jet or maybe they're hearing it finally for the first time welcome can you kind of give them a little bit of a baseline of uh, who Jackie is mm -hmm. and then where volume two is kind of starting up Yes. So Jupiter Jet, a.k.a. Jackie Johnson, is our 16-year-old redheaded superhero. She lives in a town called Olympic Heights in 1935. She inherited a jetpack from her dad with a mysterious power source and fights bad guys with glowing eyes who might be aliens. And then at the end of the first volume, you learn if you haven't read it I yet. I mean, it's been over a year. Skip it's, ahead 30 seconds. You, know. uh, you learn that she's actually on Jupiter, which is why she's called Jupiter Jet. Not because I named her after Sailor Jupiter. Um, no relation. And not because her color scheme is based on Makoto's color scheme or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, you do learn that Olympic Heights is not on Earth in 1935, but it is on Europa, which is a moon orbiting Jupiter in the year. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that because Jason and I know, but probably nobody else will ever know. Yeah. And volume two picks up one year later, so it's 1936. So now she's 17. She's 17. We have five volumes planned, so she'll be 20 Whoa. in the last one. She'll be a grown-up lady. And uh, she's been a superhero for about a year. She's been fighting with the human resistance. And the villain that we're calling the Black Flyer entices her out into space, into an adventure beyond the stars. And Wendy read the first, the first 20, 20 pages, pages, which is where at the end of the first volume at page 120, we had the reveal of Jupiter. And on page 20, we have the reveal of who the Black Flyer is. And the Black Flyer is someone from Jackie's past that she never thought she would see again. I literally Wendy texted me immediately, <laughs> and it was in all caps. Yeah, it was, and it was actually. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I, I won't read the spoiler part, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I will not rob you guys of that. But you can see if people go to the Kickstarter, they can see the can art see of it? who the Black Flyer. Not the reveal, but they can see them all in their costume with the blast shield down over the face. The, and you're calling the villain the Black. Flyer. flyer. Black Flyer looks sick. Yes. 
looks sick. That's all I. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. You guys are gonna have to find out on Kickstarter. But uh, oh my gosh, where is that? Was it in an email? I think, I think it was, it was in an email. We'll find it. I wrote. Okay, I didn't even spoil it. I guess. Can I say that? Can I read that out loud? Yeah, yeah, you okay. can say that. So <laughs> as soon as I finished, I got to the reveal. I, I wrote to Ashley in an email in all caps. What the fuck? Cliffhanger. Too many exclamation points. I loved it. Thank you for sharing with me. I can't wait to talk to you about this. Of course, spoiler free. So you guys uh, absolutely go and check out Jupiter Jet on Kickstarter because you are going to want to see the reveal. I cannot wait. So, um to talk a little bit more about um, Jupiter Jet Volume 2, do you feel like the readers need to read or invest in Volume 1 before diving into Volume 2? I mean, the greedy part of me mm-hmm. says you should please buy Volume 1 <laughs> uh, and then check out Volume 2. I think if you know that she's a girl who's on a moon out in space with a jetpack, you can get a pretty easy barrier to entry. We catch you up really quickly. We don't do a recap page like some comics do, um, but you will not. But you kind of. It's kind do. of like with Picard, though. Yeah. You know, um, if you haven't seen any of the Next Generation, then you don't get all of the fun Easter eggs, and maybe you won't see how much the characters have changed. Because not only do we meet Jackie a year later, but her little brother Chuck we meet a year later. He's twelve now. And while she is out in space, he's got to hold it down on the ground. So we might have a new superhero on our hand. Oh my gosh, how exciting. So I would encourage people to pick up Volume 1. But you can definitely head into Volume 2 if you are feeling very confident and pick up the pieces. Because it's an all-ages book, so we want it to be something that anyone from 4 to 94 can pick up and really, really enjoy. I like to say that we use the Pixar model. That might be too highfalutin. Uh, for our little book, but we did get nominated for a bunch of Ringo Awards Woo-hoo! for Best Kid Series and for our, the whole creative team, including the writers. So we're doing okay. I, I like that it you made it kind of an all-ages thing mm-hmm. because as I was reading it, you know, there is some tension and there is some thrill, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be, you know, for any parents that want to really watch what their kids are reading, mm-hmm. which good on you because I think parents sometimes don't pay attention enough. Um, Man, I used to work at a comic book store, and I can't tell you how many children read The Walking Dead, and it's upsetting. Oh, no. Like, oh, little kids. Oops. Yeah. I mean, look, if they can handle it, eventually they're going to get to read it. But yeah. But yeah. I think there, there is such a thing <laughs> as, like, just a little too young mm-hmm. to have nightmares. But with Jupiter Jet, I really feel that it doesn't feel immature in the sense that it's only geared towards younger audience. So mm-hmm. me reading it as an adult, I don't feel like this is a kid's anything. Oh, thank you. you. Know? And I, and I kind of love that because I definitely felt it you know towards the end of the 20 pages Mm -hmm. I realized I was trying to read super super fast (laughs) to get to the bottom and I had to like take a breather look at all that art we paid for I was like wait 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 I need to like take in the art so I made myself stop but it was hard because I I knew I had a feeling I was like oh I think maybe but I didn't see it coming yeah yeah (laughs) because that hence hence my email to you people say um that they think they know who it is but I don't think people Uh, do well see I thought I knew who it was but then I didn't so and I read volume one yeah (laughs) so Um, yeah my favorite comics are comics that were made in the 1990s especially the batman series Mm -hmm. i love chuck dixon's robin who is tim drake the third and the best robin were some of my favorite comics ever and we structure a lot of our storytelling the same way that he did and all of those comics including batman including birds of prey could be read by a a kid who was five years old and they wouldn't be too scarred whereas like a modern day batman I love Tom King. He's a friend of mine. He's writing Batman. Uh, not for children's. Not no. for 
little kids and that's the sweet spot that we're really striving for but then we do have conversations like Jupiter Jet has a cat named Puddles Cute. and in volume one Jason was like yeah so Pluto's gonna kill Puddles in issue three and I was like we cannot kill the cat oh, in no. our kids book like we oh, absolutely can't he survived it's okay <laughs> Jason and I have since adopted a cat so now we have a consultant there's much more Puddles in volume two <laughs> yes um, and I think it's because there's one now living in our house that's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so earlier you mentioned that you have plans all the way to volume five yes when you were sitting down doing Jupiter Jet you know, back in 2016, volume one, did you already <laughs> plan to have one through five? We always thought it would probably be five. I don't know why, but we said that pretty much from okay. the beginning. And then as you start to write it, you have, I call them plot bunnies because they just procreate so quickly and they run off. So we have like all these docs where we're like, oh, in volume uh, three, she's going to get a boyfriend for the first time. But in volume five, we know who she's going to marry. And that character's oh. already been introduced. And Whoa. then, like, this person who's really crucial, this person is going to die in volume four. And we always knew that um, the identity of the Black Flyer, we always knew that that character was going to be the villain of volume two. Oh, my gosh. And um, a couple weeks ago now, on MLK Day, Jason and I went hiking, because we live in California, uh, and I fell into a creek. <gasps> and while we were walking around, we planned uh, most of volume three so wow. we try to keep we try to make sure that things are tying together and that we're driving toward where we want to go and we've written a lot and learned a lot about writing since volume one so I hope people will continue into volume two because it's just so much better yeah. <laughs> structurally than volume one <laughs> um, but also because now we're we're really building to like the brave new world that we set up at the end of volume one so I don't know if I answered your question no you did you did you did <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of read how far Jackie has grown mm-hmm. as we because I already see you know how much she's matured since mm-hmm. Bobby she was like so new to all of this and then when she learned what she learned at the end of volume one yeah that it, it forces you to grow up mm-hmm. very and, quickly and you know what it's like when you're 17 like you're almost an adult and you can yeah. like taste it but then when you're 18 and you go out in the world you're crushed by it yeah. so and she just had that handed to her in, yeah in a very real way <laughs> very real way but we do try to keep moments where she still can be a snotty teenager yeah. you know and as someone who was once a teenage girl I know what that was like if you're a teenage girl and you're listening to this I'm sorry but sometimes you're the worst you should thank your parents for not killing you honestly because oh, I have stories about how bad I Oh, I man, yeah. I'm like, I think I'm most teenagers do. I'm so sorry, mom. I didn't mean to. I didn't know. <laughs> you say all those awful things because you're mad Truly. because they don't let you go to a party or something stupid yeah. like that. And then you look back and you're like, I said that. How hurtful. Yeah, I told you I hated you because yep. you wouldn't buy me this thing that I really didn't deserve. Or or at this point, it's kind of like, would I have bettered my life? No. Nope. Yeah. But it was so important then. I should have been thankful you weren't charging me rent. That, that's true. And for the food, free food that we had. Yeah, and power. And free schooling. Ugh, bills. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being an adult. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> So working with um, Jason on this, what are some of the best parts and some, what are some of the struggles? You know, the best parts and the struggles, I think, are the same. And it's that we're married and we live in the same house, so we have very easy access to each other. But then when we come to disagreements, it's important to make sure that we are disagreeing for the sake of the story and for our respective point of views and not because he's mad that I didn't 
clean the litter box or I'm mad that he didn't put the di- you know like put that, that is not comic. something else yeah Get that a panel <laughs> yeah <laughs> Chuck cleans the litter box <laughs> um and and that's and you know this because you and Dustin do all kinds of stuff together that it's like making sure that that balance is healthy and respectful and there are sometimes where you're like I love you very much but like I'm not your wife right now I'm your collaborator and yes. that's what this relationship looks like but he compliments me from a writerly perspective in a very interesting way because I started writing plays so I like to make everyone talk a lot and use big fancy words <laughs> and uh, that's not how people talk yeah. <laughs> and Jason is very good at being like we're paying a lot of money for this art we should show the art we can Absolutely. say this in three words instead of three sentences let's do it that way and I'm like I just want him to sound smart um, but they're kind of idiots so maybe not and then no, but I love that though I think um, I think I bring creative solutions like in volume one we had to have Jackie and Chuck fall off a roof and also not die but also she doesn't have super strength right so she's, she's still human yeah so she grabs onto a railing it's gonna wrench her shoulder out of place and then that's bad so there's a really beautiful splash page and we sold the original art in the original Kickstarter where her the bottom of her dress it's like this sh- classic Chanel silhouette it balloons out and it's a parachute it's like a parachute dress uh and that was my idea so i think he's very practical and i think i bring really creative solutions and then by each we're each basically doing a half of the first draft so the work is cut in half and then you're working with an editor right away so someone's being critical and i mean critical in the in the classic sense in the best sense possible someone's being critical of you immediately so hopefully by the time we get to a second and third draft that we've worked on together it's as good as a single person's fourth or fifth draft yeah and um we put a lot of in jokes in there just for us so uh, they're like um she's gonna go to if people read the kickstarter campaign very carefully which i'm not convinced people do if i'm gonna be completely honest um there's a lot of references to westerns and cowboys and Maybe it's because she's going to go somewhere that's like the Old West instead of like Depression era New York. And there's a lot of jokes in there that are kind of just for us. They're just things that we think are funny, um, including the name of her future steed. And like, it's not going to be funny for anyone except us. But every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that was cool. Can you believe we got away with it? Wow. (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody knows except us. (laughs) I never want to just told on this podcast. (laughs) Now the readers are going to like look for it. Like, is it this? You're going to look at it and just be like, this doesn't make any sense. Is it, is it this? I don't understand. Who cares? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you care. <laughs> we talked a lot about um, the art, and it, it is mm-hmm. really, really beautiful. And you had mentioned that Nicola Scott was involved in this. Yes. I truly love her so much. She is an Amazonian wonder woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a cover and a print for Volume 1 and Volume 2 just because we asked her. <gasps> she didn't charge us. She just did it. She just did it, and she sends <sighs> us the original art. Wonder Woman indeed. She's uh, she's truly like the greatest yeah. woman. She's so nice. I met her at um this is gonna sound real bougie and I don't mean to be like name dropping or anything like that, but I met her at the WB party several years ago at San Diego Comic Con and the WB party is usually populated by uh, CW actors. And she was there because she was drawing Wonder Woman. And Jason and I, like, cornered her and were like, you're Nicholas Scott. And she was like, yeah. And, like, no one wants to talk to me. And we were like, we want to talk to you. Oh, my god! And she was like, oh, yeah, you guys uh, kind of work for DC. So, like, I'm just going to tell you everything about Wonder Woman. We were like, please tell us everything about Amazing. Wonder Woman. And um, she's always been a really, really great supporter of ours. And she... It's like just truly so kind and so generous. And then our main cover artist is John Boy Myers, who drew Teen Titans... And was the first person Jason ever introduced me to as his wife, which was a wild thing that happened at Long Beach Comic Con. And the weird thing about comics is that there's only like 800 people working Mm -hmm. actively at a time. And because the community is so small, 
if you are respectful and professional, you'll be surprised who will help you out. It's kind of the same thing with the internet world and with podcasting because there's not a lot of people doing it at a professional level. And I have complete respect for people who do it at every level. But if you don't come on too strong, (laughs) people might help you. And that's something that we also try to facilitate in our Kickstarter campaigns. We have a lot of script reviews and portfolio reviews available from Jason and myself, but also like way cooler people like Mitch Garrods, who does draw Batman, even though I talk smack about Batman earlier. Because <laughs> we want as many cool people making cool things with other cool people as possible. Yeah. Wow. It's like I, I love that the community because I think for people who maybe listening want to kind of dive in mm-hmm. to you know writing their own comic book or creating their own comic book or a podcast or whatever maybe anything I think one of the, the hardest things for some people is to openly ask for help mm-hmm. because there's always that fear of one people don't want to help you and two they laugh at your idea at least for oh, me oh no one's never going to laugh at you they'll just never answer <laughs> they'll you they'll just never answer <laughs> I, I think I will take that more as a that's just like a, oh it's a soft no fine yeah, yeah and yeah. leave it alone then someone would be like oh you want to start at your own uh, comic book oh it's gonna have a you know uh-huh. a girl with a jetpack oh ha ha and it's kind of like don't for me that's personally like a fear mm-hmm. you know because you you this idea kind of is brewing in your head and you just want to come mm-hmm. see it come to life on pages and have it be a tangible and physical thing and then have somebody go no I would rather I'd rather ask for forgiveness then yeah. ask for permission. like, uh, And that it took me a long time to come to that. I'm at this place now where I'm like, I'm just going to ask for what I want and yeah. I'm going to make you tell me no. Yeah, just tell me no. Because tell that's also no. fine. Yeah. Um, Ex- exactly. We've reached out to lots of people to collaborate who haven't been able to at the time or like things come up or whatever. Like, tell me no, that's fine. But like, also don't be a dick about it. Yeah, but just say no. I think, I think the hardest thing to do is to start anything. Mm-hmm. But once you've started, it's kind of like we were talking earlier when I said like, you kind of level up by starting yeah. anything. People, we want more cool things. So you'd be surprised who will help you. And uh, I ask for a lot of help with all things, including, Wendy, let me come on your podcast. And I said yes. And, you Wouldn't know, it it's be really shitty. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's fine. If I just like, and even though for friends, just like let that email go and just not responded. I mean, honestly, I would have been like, you're probably really busy. And I would have just asked oh, you really? again. Oh, yeah, no. I, wouldn't, okay. I truly wouldn't have taken it personally. Or, I think it's not like me to not no. let a text like that go on Yeah, you're very prompt. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but if you, if you had come back to me and you'd said, but it's also, I know you, right? If you'd been like, no, like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm super busy or I'm all booked up on guests and I can't. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I contacted you like a couple, about a month ago and you were like, well, we can do it at this time. And it's like, yeah. great. Because I was a hiatus. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So say no, but also when you ask for help, be nice about it. Don't yeah. be crazy. Because um, I I really love helping people as well because I know what it's like to be a fan of someone and reach out to them. But like, don't be a psychopath. Uh, and if people don't get back to you or they tell you no, then like, that's okay. And you can move on to someone to the next else. Thing, yeah. And that's okay. Have all the plans. Yes. You have plan A through Z. You just go through all of them until you get what where you can go. Yeah, because like M is probably going to be the one that works out. Yeah. You will, I don't think I don't think you'll ever have to get to Z. Yeah. There there is just I I haven't gotten to plan Z. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> because so. even Jupiter Jet was like not yeah. the first comic that Jason and I pitched. It's not mm-hmm. the first comic that I pitched individually. Our publisher Action Lab uh, was not the first person that we pitched it to. You know, and you just keep going, and then you know sometimes you do put things aside because it's not the time 
right time then and you can circle back later. And then sometimes, you know, maybe you do have to take a sign from the universe and swivel a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. You can now come I, to it. Now I have a comic book and you can too. And you can too <laughs> if you support it on Kickstarter. Um, so we talked about volume one, about volume two, that and your future plans. Mm-hmm. Do you, and this is more of a question for me as I was, you know, kind of rereading everything. Yes. How far do you want to take the universe of Jupiter Jet? And do you think it's possible, maybe, I can just put a bug in your head, to have a spin-off series or a one-off with various characters? Uh, yes to all of those things. Yay. I It's going to go, it's going to get more and more sci-fi every volume. So volume one, it's pretty straightforward. It's very much Kim Possible meets The Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Volume two is much more mm, Kim Possible meets Men in Black. Yeah. And then... By the by, volume five, we're gonna go fully. Kim Possible meets Watchmen, and that won't make sense until you read volume five because it's a very specific thing in Watchmen I'm referencing, not the sexual assault. Um, <laughs> oh no, not beating people to death because, for God's sake, it's still in it's, all ages a yes, book. Exactly. Um, so we really it's gonna keep opening up and she's gonna continually learn that the world is bigger and scarier than you thought it was, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. And you just take it one step at a time, and someday you'll be the hero of all humanity, and that's that's great, and that's wonderful. Um, there's a huge time jump that's going to come at the very, very end. You're going to see Jackie, the very old lady, at the end. And then, uh, no, a volume five. Okay, uh, way in the future. At the very, very end, yes. but Sneak peek, everyone. One of the cool things about Kickstarter is we've actually already surpassed our goal, and we're hitting stretch goals. And the cool thing about stretch goals is not only can we make cooler stuff for everyone who's getting, especially physical rewards, like we've added... Um, stickers and we've added a print an incredible print by Brian Lopez Um, but we're going to be able to make extra pages because uh, our last Kickstarter for science did so well we were able to start making Jupiter Jet before the Kickstarter launched so we have 60 pages of 120 already done when we did volume one we had five so the book's wow. going to come out a lot quicker, and then we're going to be able to roll over more of that money into making Volume 3 right away, because uh, I would really love for there to be one volume of Jupiter Jet every year until we're up to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of spinoff characters, one of our stretch goals, right now we're reaching for 24K, which gets the stickers, and then after that we're going to add pages. And we have thought about one-offs, and we have thought about... Uh, featuring single characters. The most obvious choice is to do Chuck, her brother. We have pretty big plans for him in Volume 3, so we might hold that. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, But we're also, because Jupiter Jet is uh, a book that stars a white family, we are always trying to diversify. So maybe we'll put some of our more diverse characters at the forefront um, in some of those spinoffs. But I would love that. Truly, my hope and dream is that Netflix buys it and makes it into a cartoon. Uh, and I want Jason oh. and I to voice her parents because it would be really funny from like a meta <laughs> perspective. Because, yeah, oh my God. It's, and then your cat can, can mouth. Brago can or, be puddles. He would truly be terrified and hate every single second of it. He's uh, They found him in a box by the side of the road, so he's a little oh, broken. No. And then you're like, here, do a trick. Yeah, he's <laughs> dumb. I love him so oh, much. I told kitty. the casting director I would die for him. Him and he didn't call me back. So I was like, okay, too far. Cool, cool, cool. Welcome <laughs> back. Um, and people always ask this, but if it was ever in live action, I want Sophia Lillis to play Jackie. Yes. But she'd have to do it like right now because she's going to be a grown up any minute now. Yes. Oh my God. That's perfect. She looks exactly like they, her, I right? Know. <laughs> Even like the nose. Yeah. Well, that's what really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So if anybody yeah. knows her or her reps, let me know. I will happily send them comp copies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Please just send buy it, it. We can find that stuff on Google. Yeah. We, we can, can find, find it on IMDb Bro. Just- <laughs> 
person. She's got to have like a fan mailbox <laughs> Probably CAA. <laughs> Probably. Just, send, send just walking down to course. Avenue of the Stars. Excuse yeah. me, I would like to, uh, do you know Sophia? You know Sophia? Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or where is it? Uh, UTA Plaza? That's yeah. like right off of Beverly ICM, Boulevard. All of them yeah. They're, always, they're all kind of in the same blocks. <laughs> yeah. Just, just drop off. Just be like, here you go. There's, uh, we literally have like a thousand copies in the closet. I can uh, I can throw some around. <laughs> amazing. Just like go under like into the building under the guise of like, oh, I'm delivering pizza. And yeah. Inside the pizza box, you're like, yeah, Jupiter Jet. I uh, also, if you're a writing agent, you'd like to rep us. Uh, we were nominated for a bunch of awards, and we have two volumes, so we'd love to sell it. Please oh rep me. <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, you guys have done so much, and it's not just Jupiter Jet. You've done science, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and there is also a. It wasn't the whole book, but you guys were in like a chapter. It was the crime? Oh yes, we've been in a bunch of anthologies. We did yes. we did one that was crime. We did one that was noir. We were in the Love Is Love anthology that DC and IDW did. Um, that benefited Pulse, the Pulse nightclub victim of that shooting. Um, I did Aurora and the Eagle, the first chapter of that last year, uh, which was about an original Canadian superhero to help pay for my immigration. Uh, so I can't wait not only to tell more Jupiter Jet, but more of all of those, and then. It's, you know, it's always that thing when you're a creative person and you know this, you're like, what's the next thing? Like, I'm doing this thing right now and that's really cool and I'm super happy, but like, what's the next, what's the next thing? thing? Because eventually you're going to get into that feeling of this thing sucks, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> so then what's new and exciting? Well, I think as a creative person, we always, our brain's always going a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. So that's like our lifestyle. It's, we're always creating, always trying to like, there's new ideas and you just immediately want to write it down and you get excited about it and then you just have a takeoff and yep. you're like oh wait but I also need to focus on the 40 other things that's also in progress if people can't tell from the speed of our conversation <laughs> so it's like it's like we're hopped up on caffeine I actually like and I told you this uh, off mic like I can't have coffee anymore it gives me anxiety oh man I, I cry every day a little I bit know on the inside. someday I'm gonna burn an ulcer in my stomach and I'm never gonna be able to enjoy coffee ever no, again but uh, I don't drink or do drugs so it's like my only vice that I have is <laughs> caffeine it's so caffeine. Uh, I ate a bunch of sugar before we started, so that's probably why we're talking very fast. Oh, yeah, we had fast. some airheads just laying around <laughs> yeah. the table. That's right. <laughs> I, I said, have one. these are for me. <laughs> <laughs> Take them all, or otherwise I'll eat them. Um, so I love that we kind of gotten to uh, dive into Jupiter Jet, the origin, what's to come, way in the future, volume, not just volume two, but volume five. Oh, man. We possibly see. So I hope I get to talk to you about Jupiter Jet merch someday. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a... Like it's truly plushie. my dream. It's I want to. What f- would you want? A put, Funko. Put your. Put your oh. I want a Funko because like that's the standard right now. Yes. I really want. Um. I want a stuffed animal of the cat. Yeah. Um. And I want. That's that's a obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want like um, like a Leg Avenue version. Like I want a knockoff slutty version <laughs> of her costume because that's when you really know you've made you it. Made it. <laughs> is when they're doing the slutty Halloween costumes. <laughs> see-through yeah <laughs> yeah and like her jetpack is like two giant breasts or something oh like that God, <laughs> yeah that would be awesome put like a really bad wig on mm-hmm. it. oh of course that's obviously made of plastic and you can't wash in warm water or it will fall apart yeah. but <laughs> my my true dream if we ever sell jupiter jet is i want to give all the exclusives to all of my cool friends on their shows <gasps> oh, so we're, we're with proud yeah just, i want her jacket 
I want a jacket. And too. can you turn her backpack, or her jetpack, into like a, a lounge fly mini backpack? I would love. There's two oh. different versions of the jetpack. So let's say yes. Let's say yeah. we're gonna speak it into the universe, and Geek and Glitter's gonna get the exclusive. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Put do a Simi Lou and put it all out there. Oh my God, I'd love him so much. <laughs> it was the only thing from San Diego Comic Con I was excited about because so I exciting. love that Kim convenience life. It's so good. It's so good. Shout out to Andrew Fung who plays Kimchi and sends Woo. me merch. I love you. Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's funny. I was talking about another podcast and I didn't want to drop his name. And my friend was like, "Who? Who is it?" And I was like, "It's one of the cute boys. I can't tell you which one." Ah, <laughs> uh, but shout out to Andrew. He's a lovely human being. Oh, amazing! I love that show so much. It's if you so haven't watched good. it, you should. But to circle back to Jupiter Jet, yes. where can everybody? Uh, because now everybody's interested. Now that's they right. Want to know about it? Where Where can they go to support your Kickstarter? You can find Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. That is the second volume at JupiterJetComic.com. That will take you right to the Kickstarter campaign. You can get a Skype call with me if you're jealous of Wendy's conversation with me. You can get all kinds of cool original art. I think there's one cameo left in the book if you want to be in it. Uh, There's a bunch of cool portfolio reviews, but mostly you can get the book in all different formats. But the combo pack with Volume 1 sold out. So if you want to get Volume 1, go to Jason inmanauthor.com slash store or just google Jason Inman uh, and you can get a signed copy by both him and I right there Fancy. Shipped from my home, from my hand, so you can also clone me if that appeals to you. (laughs) Can I just say I appreciate you guys the tiers that you've put. Mm -hmm. It's really realistic well, and really, really affordable (laughs) for for everybody. So the book is at $25. Mm but we back a lot of Kickstarters. If you go and click on either of our profiles, I think we're both super backers. We back like over 100 um, projects. And I try to think about what you would buy in a store. Yeah. But also, I'll take people's support however it comes. Like if all you have is a dollar or five dollars, like that's that means so much. And if people can't give any dollars, which I've also been there, if people would consider sharing the link, I would be so grateful, Jupiter Jet comic.com but yes i mean if you want to give us five thousand dollars we have a tier for that that'd be dope we could uh truly not kickstart volume two uh, volume three and just start right yeah, on just it. start right away but if you also have five bucks to spare i would be gratified if you gave it to me instead of starbucks and oh, oh <laughs> yeah. i like that i'm gonna yeah. call them out <laughs> skip your starbucks for a day and support an artist that's right um thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much for talking about it. you guys i Truly, truly, really support, like from the bottom of my heart, support Jupiter Jarrett. I support uh, Ashley and When she supports everything we ask her to, she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because your work is good, though, because like... I bet you tell being, all of Being all a friend, I would have, but I would have been like, so this is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, kn- <laughs> I know you guys' quality from your work ethic mm-hmm. and from, from knowing first Jason, then you. You guys mm-hmm. work really, really, really hard on everything. And you. you can see it in just like... If you can just even find just a page, and I think there's examples of mm-hmm. like you know images, just the coloring and like it's now to find out that you pay your colorists and your, you know, oh, it's man. just like I appreciate colorists are so much it's worth expensive. their weight in gold. Oh my god, worth their weight in gold. It's so gorgeous. It, it you should be so proud of yourself. Thank really. you. Um, where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V Robinson. Please send me cute pictures of cats. cats. That would make me so happy. Um, and you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and a review. We love five stars. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> the Geek and Glitter podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, or any 
podcasting platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Please share with your friends who also enjoy geek fashion and lifestyle. And if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at geekandglitter at gmail.com. And we'll answer it here uh, in a future episode. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at geekandglitter. Or just visit www.geekandglitter for the latest updates. And tune in next time for more Geek and Glitter. 